I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift. I've made it to the coast. Improvise, adapt, overcome. We're on dodgy hotel Wi-Fi, but nothing will stop us. Trofeo Alfredo Binder recap one of the oldest races on the women's world tour calendar and quite a nice parkour too in italy in the lakes region and we have a circuit 140 k's long and a pairing of a shorter climb the casale and the orino climb so the casale is an 800 meter punch at seven percent and then that goes into the orino climb which is longer but shallower 2.6 k's at five percent with the last little bit uh, quite steep the last case 6.2 percent is longer climbers before and from the last they do of that circuit one two three four repetitions of that and then Moths. from the last one pardon perfect maths <laughs> exactly i can count not in uh, any other <laughs> language though and it's eight k's from the top of the last climb to the finish in uh Chitilio. So, Benji. Balsamo here, yes. Rayleigh here, but no Van Dijker. We have Vibas here as the quickest pure sprinter. I'll still take her over Balsamo in a sprint any day. And there was yeah. early action, really early action, yes. um, which you often don't see in a, a race like this. Exactly. There was action before the broadcast started, so we're going off like what the tickers were saying to us at that point in the day. Obviously, you said it. The track team is different than last year, eh? And does that mean they have to go for a different strategy than last year, for example? Because if you recall correctly, last year was such a, a great track masterpiece where we were talking about, oh, they've got Balsamo and we saw Longo Borghini following attacks, but sitting on on the last climb, making sure that Balsamo could come back together with Van Dijk and so forth. Reason that she's not here is because she's pregnant at the moment. But a different team, a more climby focused team next to Balsamo, no Van Dijk as a consequence, no Borghini, Longo Borghini because she has... Cold or I'm not sure if it was she COVID was sick, or cold. Wasn't she? Yeah, I recall so as well. She was pretty unhappy that she couldn't be here today, so that's unfortunate for Trek. But would it have an influence on the race? Well, early attacks with Trek included, with 100k to go on this early climb before we get to the final circuits of those four climbs that you just mentioned. Maschiago Primo is that climb basically. There's a split in the peloton, and there must have been a serious tempo on that climb then because there were only 15 riders left at that point in the race, according to the tickers. And then we get like a breakaway action for actual proper climbers going into a move towards the top of this climb, which is the rider we've been speaking about quite a few times on this podcast. Carialini was uh, second, unfortunately, on the UAE Tour climbing stage, but has won, if I recall correctly, a small Italian classic also being yeah, big watts gifted too. by, was it Sprat? That Sprat, day? yeah. It was like so, a one-one or something. They went yeah. crazy on the second-last climb, like really big numbers, <laughs> um, and put two minutes into the rest of the field. Crazy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing performance. And we've seen amazing performance from her again at this 
QOM point because she uh she was basically gone with Kim Katzow from Yumbo, also been climbing well at Valenciana earlier this season. Anna Shackley been doing pretty well for SD Works as well. And then Royakers, Paulina Royakers for Canyon Schramm. But Gaia Realini was the one taking the Queen of the Mountains points there on that climb. And that's something you don't often see, eh? Queen of the Mountains jersey in like one-day races. We have it at Men's San Sebastian, if I recall correctly. But And Cadell's. I'm really? pretty sure Taco wanted it Cadell's from the break. Must like, not be a very prominent climb then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, that climb's a pretty steep in pass. I only remember that because the commentator, I think it was Liggett, said it. And I was like, hold up, this is a thing? So I think, yeah, in some races they have it. Um, maybe Lombardia does, but no, it's something you never think about. It's obviously like Italian rider, Italian team, Italian race. If it's there to, to go for it, why not go for it? There's probably a little bit of cash here you know, involved as well. But yeah, real has just been an unreal addition. Um a really, really nice addition for <laughs> Trek Segafredo had to do it. Had to do it. Like <laughs> terrible joke. <laughs> because Sprat mm, Sprat's been wants to win her own race. Now I know they gave Realini to win the other day, but I think a young rider like that, it's a lot easier to say to them 100Ks to go, just yeah. blow up the race, you know, even if she is the same level as Sprat, whereas Sprat's like, okay, we're going to take you to finish, etc. I think the way she's riding and the freedom she's had has just been re- – and it puts all the other teams under pressure, Benji. Exactly, because we was just trying to survive every bloody climb in this race. She climbed well in the likes of Omelope and so forth, but can't she do it in multiple consecutive climbs like in this race? We'd see when the race continues, but eventually everything came back together in the descent of that climb, but – Regardless of that, Realini went on to take every QM point from that point onwards, basically, except the last few uh, climbs in the race. So I'm pretty certain that she took the QM points in this race. I haven't actually checked for certain, but just just pretend she took it. If she doesn't, then, well, then she didn't. But anyway, race continues. We've got a crash in the peloton. Kadzao, the rider we just mentioned in there. Dronova as well for... Uh, Israel, I recall Israel. correctly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a few other riders involved, but we continue. We go towards roughly 51k to go, and that's where a move actually starts happening. And this is an intriguing move because it's weird. You get an attack with a group with Mariana Voss, Elisa Shabby, so that's Canyon Sram, Miska Bredewalds, which is SD Works, Amal Yusik, which is Canyon Sram, still right, or did she move team? I recall uh, Canyon Shram still most likely. Amaliusik still Canyon Shram. Oh, no. Okay. Amaliusik's UAE. UAE. Oh, yeah. She did move. I, yeah. My head said something about moving. Van Androoy was in there and Paper Camp. She was great for the SM on uh, Jabel Hafid as well. And Nipia Doma in this yeah. group. And I was curious because I felt like I wasn't expecting Nipia Doma to ride in this group, for example. Because even though there were two. So maybe that's the change, eh? If Mariana Voss is in that group, do you think Nivia Doma should be scared to ride? It's no, technically better to so. beat them in a small group than it is to beat Voss with teammates, right? I think if you can... Trek's the big danger, right? Balsamo's yeah. the big danger. She won last year, so you have to create a race situation where you're not coming to a reduced group finish with Balsamo. So, I mean, Voss, she is the GOAT, of course, but it is her first race day of the year, and... It's 50Ks to go. She's isolated. Yep. You can try work her over also, you know. Maybe Nivia Doma out punches her. Like, 
Voss doesn't outpunch Nuviodoma on the yep. punchy climbs all the time. In fact, the opposite. Sometimes Nuviodoma puts her under pressure, and then it's the flat finish where Voss kills her in the sprint. So no problem with that at all. It's Trek Segafredo where it's like this is not the best race situation they could hope for um, with Riolini behind, I think, and, yeah. you know, Volsimo not behind. there. Yeah. Your odds behind. are not great. Exactly. Now, fine for them because that group actually came together with the peloton again a bit later, only four kilometers later. And we're going into the, the last three of these Orino circuits now. And we're going on to the third last of this Orino climb, the bigger of the ones in the circuit. And we see that UAE and Canyon is pacing in the group. There's roughly 30 riders left. Lorena Wibbs is still in the peloton. In the middle of it, Balsamo is still in the peloton. Voz is in the peloton. Lebecki is the one dropping. So... I don't know with Lebecki. I is it wrong to say that I wasn't really expecting anything in the first place based on the last year and a half? I'd always from past results expected to climb as well as Vibas at a minimum. Yeah. But Vibas okay. has Vibas climbing has improved, I think, and she has also said, I, I'm more than just a sprinter. I want to be known as a Can classic rider. Um yeah, those sort of races. So I don't know, but you're right. Like, Lebecki, she could be off, but it's like, it's hard to, I mean, was she doing work for Voss? Was she not the designated leader? Really. I feel like a lot of these teams have sometimes been a little bit less than I expected, including FDJ, but then, or even Jayco Alula with Roseman Gannon and Manley. Like, the call yep. suits them fine, but, is this race important to them? It should be, to be honest. But they also, a lot of those riders peaked, uh, like Grace Brown, like those Jayco riders I just mentioned for the Australian races, which actually have big coverage and are important for those riders. So I, my answer, Benji, is I don't really know. Um, <laughs> you know, like Voss could win. You'd be like, oh, of yeah. course. But she also could not win. And you're like, oh, well, it's the first race, whatever. Exactly. That's true. Now, we didn't really see a, a proper attack on that climb from like a favorite, but like the outsider types were attacking just by the top. Guazzini crashed somewhere in the peloton, but the attacks came from the likes of Chaboko, which is a rider on DSM. We also had Carlene Swinkles, which is, I feel like she's a pretty good versatile sprinty type in some races last year. And she's probably getting the early attack here instead of like the versatile sprinty type because Mariana Voss is still their designated leader for this race. Anyway, Swinkles bridges to Chaboko. And we see Adiges doing exactly the same a bit later. Winner of Catalan's Great Ocean Road Race, making that exact move while she still has Grace Brown and Cavalli in the group behind. That's what happens on that climb. We start pushing a bit forward. Those three riders stay ahead for quite a bit longer until we get to the next Torino climb. And that's where the proper action kicks off and where Trex Segafredo really puts up a, a serious lead out. Realini hits the front at the bottom of the climb and Swinkles, Adiges and Chabocco are caught. So the order is Riolini and then Van Androoy. No spread directly in the wheel of Van Androoy. So I was kind she of thinking... kind of there, but not yeah, looking yeah. good. Okay. What do you think their plan was at that point? Because like, I wasn't sure what they were going to do from there. Well, Riolini goes to the front, right? Breaks there. They got to, they got, everyone's going to look at them to manage that move because Yumbo represented, FDJ represented, two strong teams. They've got the big favorite, Balsamo which I pronounce incorrectly every time. But anyway, I can't get the stress right. I know 
I have people tell me I can't get the stress right on Bolsmer's name. Bolsmer starts slipping. She was third wheel. She starts slipping on the real any pace. The gap is melting. And we have another Orino after this. And Van Anroy could pace the descent after Rialini's done the climb. So they've got two riders to pair to maintain this, and they're melting the gap to the point where Bolsmo is slipping, which is a smart thing. She wasn't dropping, just moving back a bit. And I was like, well, and also Van Anroy, visibly to me, looked a little bit under pressure. Mm-hmm. And she counters right at the top and seems to take everyone by surprise. And it's also sort of from... Like there weren't too many riders right on her wheel looking at her. She motions at the motorbike to get out of her way, but actually like the motorbike's your best friend. So <laughs> you don't want it to go too well, far out of the way. It was, it a, it was a, a sketchy motorbike. They were all over it. Yeah, they were all over the road later. But at this point when she attacked on the crest, and people were chasing. And also she slid in front of the breakaway and then the brake was kind of in front, maybe yeah. blocking a bit. But over the top of this climb, the gap is two seconds, three seconds max, but we saw yesterday that's plenty in cycling. Yeah, that's the moment that she basically makes that move. It's like you would expect a rider like that to make the move on the climb itself, but it felt like it was more in a time that was like near the top of the climb, just before the top of the climb, to the point that the gap that she made was so insignificant that you're like, they're probably going to catch that. It's not a big gap, but they were all looking at each other because the teams that are... The ones that were in the breakaway that are now caught, who do they have left? If you look at Kalein Swinkels' team, Lebecki and Voss. Lebecki was off the back already, so Voss won't start pacing in that group. If you look at FDG, Cavalli's there, Brown is there. A bike just fell in the background here. But <laughs> this is That's live podcasting. F. We don't do any retakes. <laughs> what do you mean, bike? Just, let's just pause there. I was going to do the Zwift read, so that's a good segue, but... Is that off the trainer? What what's going on there? It's not on the trainer yet. I'm supposed to ride after this podcast this time. It's been a, it's All been right. a sketchy day, but <laughs> sketchy day for you. I had to drive <laughs> on the Spanish highways in pouring rain. There was a police <laughs> escort. Also, fun story time. There's a police escort. I'm talking eight motorbikes with just a white van and just the dude driving the van, like in plain clothes. And there was then a police car ahead, and they took the whole left lane going 10Ks below the speed limit. And I don't really know the rules on that one. I don't even know the rules on that one in Australia. Like, no way I was undercutting them on the other lane <laughs> doing the speed limit. So I just sat there, and then all the other drivers saw me being hesitant to overtake. So then we just sit behind this convoy <laughs> from, like, Vic to the coast. And I don't know what's in the van. They didn't stop at a service station. And they weren't like two. I don't Remco think it was a prison a van. Remco Evenepoel. Police yeah. convoy to, I did see the <laughs> quick step car. They were, text, they were texting. They nearly came to my lane. Um, <laughs> on the way. Um, but anyway, women's cycling. Zwift is the, one of the biggest supporters of women's cycling. They put their money where their mouth is. The Tour de France femme avec Zwift off the ground last year, a multi-year commitment. You'll see it again this year. And then you also have Paris-Roubaix femme avec Zwift this year, which is terrifyingly in under a month. Jesus. Uh, yeah, the end of the classics <laughs> season. Unbelievable. So 
thanks to Zwift for supporting not just the show, but women's cycling and the Tour de France Femme Avec Zwift. If you want to check out the route, which is different to the route last year, you can go check out our reaction podcast to that. And also follow Benji's journey on Zwift. Follow him. You get a sneak peek into what's to come. He's been doing a million races, but I won't spoil it too much. But hopefully the bike's not broken so he can uh, <laughs> actually continue with that and finish that, <laughs> that video. Anyway, back to Trofeo Alfredo Binder. The problem, the reason Van Anroy's attack worked with a gap that also was like three seconds, I timed it three seconds and went to five seconds, then it came down to like three again. And usually when the gap starts coming down, someone will just bridge to it. The pace of Riolini has redlined all the domestiques. It's red. It's sort of put the leaders in an uncomfortable level two. Yeah. And one of the most active attackers to bring her back is Mavi Garcia, but she can't descend either. So that's yeah. another problem. And you got Balsamo looking at you. So it's perfect tactics by Trek, Benji, because with just Sprat, who's small, with just Riolini, who's small as well, but good on the climbs, and just Van Enroy, with no longer Borghini, Nolan Van Dijk, who they had last year, the bigger powerhouses, this might have been more difficult for them to control in a conventional manner for a sprint for Balsamo. Exactly. And the question then is, even with Balsamo there, if Van Androoy gets caught at this point, directly in the descent, she can probably try again on the next climb. But if she then fails, then they've got Sprat to try again. And if that fails, they've still got Balsamo for the sprint. So they've got so many like backup options in this race, as long as Balsamo can hold on to the tempo of the group, that it looks really good for them at this point when this gap exists. And the gap starts expanding a tiny bit from three seconds to five seconds in the descent. Five seconds to seven, eight seconds. But she's obviously a decent descender from her uh, technique from Cyclocross. And you got to keep in mind, the people in the second group are also, like DSM, for example, are they just going to close the gap? No, why would they close the gap? Because if they do, then they're going to lose the race to someone else. So instead of doing that, them, they decided to attack roll attacks on the group and when you start rolling attacks on the group this is in the in the flat part after that climb where she attacked on then the gap is like 15 seconds that attack is going to go for a tiny bit that won't go necessarily anywhere they get closed down and we see we see quite a few quite a few moves like that labu is one of the attackers that does that nivia doma is one of the attackers that follows labu mavi garcia tries to follow and when those three riders are following then the rest of the group is also following it so you've got that consecutive event of some people trying to attack some people closing some people trying to attack some people closing and it doesn't really work out until there's a moment somewhere where shabby makes a move shabby attacks the gap is 15 seconds at this point roughly with van Andere at the front and the group kind of sits up for a second but then again UAE takes over, closes Shabby, tempo dies again. So it's like everybody rather wants to attack and close down solo than they want to pace for the obvious reason that they're just bringing Sprat and Balsamo back into the front of the race if they just pace. But is that part of Group 2 syndrome, you'd say? Because that doesn't get you closer most of the time, huh? I think you often, I can't remember, I was going to make like a, racing principles point about it not in this race but a previous race where a rider it might have been strada where there was a rider clear and if you have a domestique in the group as long as they can 
at least close the gap or hold it stable, even slowly use them as much as possible because when you attack as a leader and you, you, you better be sure you can bridge the gap because if you can't bridge the gap, like Mavi Garcia couldn't a few times, that acceleration, because people are going to follow you, will drop your domestique. And so yep. then when you do look at the, your domestique, like, ah, oh, well, I just attacked, can you now pace? They're extra tired. You, bet, you may as well get them to say, go on the front, pull absolutely full gas for three minutes to the point where you just drop, and then I'll attack on the next climb and go all in on that. Don't. And yeah, and sometimes we, I mean, I think Van Art's done it in the past. Strada Bianca is a good example this year in the men's edition where one of Volta and Benoit kind of needed to do that uh, in hindsight. It's also the threat of Balsamo. It just makes everyone nervous. Like you don't want to bring someone that quick because it's not like, oh, well, she might win. No, no, she will win the sprint. Like she'll yep. win the sprint by four bike lengths if you bring her there. <laughs> Libes has dropped as well. And that's basically how the race Played out Benji. Van Anroy from being tired from what I could see visibly on that climb second last arena. And he's still a Trek masterclass. They've done it yep. a different way this year. Exactly. And like on the last arena, a lot of stuff can happen, like Canyon pacing at the start and Mavi Garcia attacking, then Hekiera trying to pace for a tiny bit. But every single time after an attack, the tempo dies again. And that's when the gap starts expanding even more to 30 seconds on the climb. It just isn't enough. I will say, however, strong performance by Bauernfeind once again, Ricarda on Canyon Shram. We spoke about her a few times last year where she was really talented in the, the younger division of cycling here. And she made the step up and is already competing at the top level. Same for Riquiere. Justine Riquiere, really competitive right now. She won Valenciana earlier this season, GC of it. So strong performance there on the final day. Cavalli, I would rate her performance good. I'm happy that she's back competing. But it's clear that she's not on the level yet that she was before, because otherwise she'd be doing the attacks instead of Mavi Garcia, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, my, I saw her pace on the front for a bit, but I don't think she's at her, like, Monbon 2 challenge winning yeah. shape, uh, which is understandable. I think I thought she was taking a longer break from cycling. Didn't they announce she was taking a break from cycling? I thought so as well, but hey. I'm, I mean, she's I back. Hope good for her. It's good. I hope it's solved. But it didn't seem very long. Like, I swear that announcement was only a few weeks ago. And then um, she's back. But FGJ had been good this season with Archeist and Grace Brown uh, in Australia, at least. So they've got some runs on the board. Anyway, Van Anroy wins by 23 seconds ahead of her teammate, Balsamo, who wins the sprint behind doing handstands. Gossini third. Alenis <laughs> Sierra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always consistent for Movistar picking up a lot of points too there's big points on offer in this race Trek in the uh, top oh, let me do some quick maths Trek picked up six no 700 over 750 points in this race UCI points so and relegation I think this is the last year of relegation in the women's calendar which is not the same cycle as the men's three year cycle helpfully anyway Sierra fourth, Paladin fifth, Persico sixth, uh, Uhen seventh, Ayan, Ayan, Gekiri. These are hard for Gekira, Gekira, Hekiera, Hekiera, Steels, 
one. Then I then I say the British woman's name like Tom's fucking steals like a quick step. Steals. Because <laughs> I just had to do two Dutch names. Um, and Mavi Garcia, there we go. Yara Castellan, I know that one. See, she's, she came 11th. Um, that was tricky. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Trek Masterclass Benji, even without Van Dyke, yep. even without uh, Longer Borghini, they get it done. We have Bruger, a lot of women's World Tour one-day races coming up. We have Brugge de Panna on Wednesday. We have Gent Wevelhem next weekend. Then we have Ronde van Vlaanderen. Then we have Harry Bay. Then it's a couple of weeks till Amstel Gold's race. It's classics season. How you like Trek for them? I don't know. It's very difficult, you know, because if you look at the way SD Works has been riding recently and the way that Trek has been riding recently, when it comes to Trek today, it's a very similar tactic in the way that SD Works rode Omlopet Nisblad or how they rode Nokura Kursa, for example. If we take a look at last year's edition of, of this race, Alfredo Binda for a second, that strategy there was kind of the opposite of what they did today. Last year, they had Longoborghini sit on attacks in hopes that the sprinter came back. Now, they attacked and forced other teams to bring their sprinter back. So it's like a slight switch in the strategy. And we see the same factor being played out in Omlop when it comes to SD Works and in Nokre Kursa when it comes to SD Works. Because in those two races, they did exactly the same with Kopecky and Wibbers, where Kopecky attacked early both at both races, and Wibbers was the one the leftover sprinter in the peloton that destroyed it. That's three one-twos in, in the span of three weeks of women's cycling? <laughs> no, more. Strade was also a one-two. But anyway, it's noticeable that those teams are like doing similar strategies right now. Whether that will turn into things at the Classics, I don't know, because I feel like Kopecky's just a level above the rest when it comes to the Classics at the moment. Because yeah, and Wibbers is moving up too. So Riolini, love Riolini, but... She's not going to be that helpful chasing a break and Brugge de Panna. I mean, imagine she fucking launches the um, <laughs> Moor. She probably could. I mean, she did well in the crosswinds. She did like five and a half watts per kilo or something for five minutes or, or ten minutes before her feet and then did the performance on her feet because she was struggling in the crosswinds. Um, and I think Ida Marina got dropped because she's also really small. She got dropped in the crosswind came back. Anyway. I think it's it's all ST work still because Van and Roy should be fine, the classics, but missing Van Dyke, we don't know about Longer Borghini. They're the big engines who can yeah. really like when Longer Borghini goes, obviously she's won um I mean they've won Paru Bay two years in a row, Trek Sigafredo. So Longer Borghini won last year, right? Uh what race? Paru Bay. Yes, she did. Correct. <laughs> when she goes, like, you got to take it seriously. And they mixed up Gen Wevelhem the year before in 2021. I don't know. They'll still be strong, of course, but SD works to me, like Vibers for Gen Wevelhem, as Benji said, or Brugge de yeah. Panna, even Tour of Flanders, frankly, in a group three behind with Kopecky ahead or group two with Kopecky ahead, really dangerous. The only way I see SD works not getting it done is obviously Crash Mechanicals, but is... Uh, is where Strada Bianche goes, the aftermath of that uh, all comes to a head and there's some team <laughs> tactics issues. But as between Vibas and Capecchi, they seem yeah. to work in a very complementary fashion. So we'll see. But Trek have won the races they've gone to uh, in their home country. 
and some of the punchier ones. But for the big classics, I still think SD Works are yep. a big, big team to beat. Especially at the moment. Yeah. Maybe someone else will surprise. I'd love to see. Um, is, geez, I'm not, I'm not doing the bit. Who's, what was the cycle across the table on Strata, Benji? What, sorry? The cycle across rider that came but sixth Peterson. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she doing any of the classics? I wanted, I wanted her to be doing the classics, but I seem to remember an interview with her saying she, she was shooing the classics. Shooing it? Oof, that's fine. Shooing. No races Ishuing. on program. Oh, issuing. That's a different thing. Eh? E, that's is the opposite e of shooing. C H E W I N G. I don't know. I'm a, I don't have my Duolingo open, but <laughs> I would like to see her do those races, depending on the fact that she was strong at Strade Bianche. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see her. I'll have to um, deep dive into the internet to find out. But outside and of we also her, need there's... an update on. Um... The other, the Hungarian rider on the works. Oh, okay. Blanca Vash. Blanca Vash. It's, she wasn't that great in the CX season, I feel like. So I don't know what's happening. It didn't seem to work out yet at the start of the season in CX. So I feel like in, in road racing, maybe that's a thing where she's focusing more on the road now at the moment and she wants to be good at the level, but she's coming to Amstel, I think, first race. Mm. Um, so I guess we'll find out. I have absolutely no clue. I am, I'm a bit unfortunate. Is Van Empel riding the, which is like the, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Patrick. So Van Empel is kind <laughs> yeah, of like the, the nemesis me, of Puck Pietersen in the CX, for example. And I can't find her on the internet because internet is broken. So I'm going to guess that she is riding Brabant Sapel and Flesh Wallon. Yeah. So Ardennes instead of cobble races. She could do cobbles. Yeah. Especially the way Tour of Flanders is ridden, she could do cobbles. Um, I actually did watch those two battle. That's one of the Ooh. only CX. Yeah, I didn't. Don't and still didn't remember the name too much. <laughs> I come struggling. I'm struggle street today. Um, you know, <laughs> you've been in the car for a year. <laughs> who's the CX guy that? Um, Mark he... Fenard. No, That's no, 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 no. <laughs> He's like always fourth. He's like small. Elizabeth. That's the one. Is he ever good on the road? No. <laughs> oh. Anyway, if someone could explain the economics of CX riding to me, why he wouldn't try to do a milieu conversion, let me know. Uh, I think definitely in the women's, there's some of the economics in play where those two, Fem Van Enfel and Puck Peters, all jokes aside, like, unfortunately, although it's improving, there's still a lot more money in the uh, CX women's side of things relative to the number of race days, costs, logistics, everything. Maybe I'm wrong on that and I don't understand the economics of it, but I'd love to see I'd love to see more of them in the classics. Like I'd really love to see Peter in the classics and maybe we will. She's super young. There's lots of time, um, but the more but talent, the better. Did you save another horse today? Uh, no, nah. no, nah, I didn't. There's what happened today. Not much, to be honest. I... I'll have to come up with another anecdote. Just the just the van thing. That's all I've got. The police escort van. I'll have to look okay. it up. All right. We'll get over That's it. That's all for us. Trofeo Alfredo Binder recap. Hope you enjoyed it. Track Masterclass once again. And we'll see you with Catalonia Stage 2 on Tuesday. Till then. Ciao. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.